I wanna be a billionaire. I ain't getting no sleep till I see a milli every week. I wanna be a billionaire. I ain't getting no sleep till I see a billy every week. I wanna be a billionaire. Billionaire. I wanna be a billionaire. Ladies and gentlemen, how you doing? Welcome to another episode of Sleep is for Billionaires, the podcast. I am your host, Johnny Vegas. Now today, I have a very special guest. It is my second female guest on my show. She has been very instrumental to the success of Bounce TV. She is not only the vice president of original programming for them, she has produced In the Cut, Family Time, and Man and Wife. Ladies and gentlemen, Abby McDonald. Hi. I was like, nice intro. I mean, you know, I did my homework on you before before we got here today. So um, tell me, how did you get your start with Bounce TV? Oh my goodness. Um, I will give you the, the cliff notes. I was going to say Reader's Digest, but you're probably too young to know that. Nah, I know about Reader's Digest. I, I just never like, read it. That there it is. Like, <laughs> I saw it like in a movie on Nick at Night. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, on the newsstand somewhere. So I actually came over to Bounce mm-hmm. because I used to be a talent manager. Mm-hmm. So I was representing um, actors, writers, and uh, showrunners. Mm-hmm. And I met the um, by EVP, Elizabeth K. Aloha, mm-hmm. at my last job. Mm. So we would always talk, um, we would give each other advice, and I was producing a lot of my clients' um, film and TV projects, so it just seemed serendipitous to come over. That's cool. That's yeah, all. it was by accident. So what was your, uh, your beginning role when you entered? Like, what was your title then? Oh, wow. Okay. So originally when I came over, there are four networks underneath uh, Kate's Broadcasting. Mm-hmm. Um, there is Laugh, Grit, Escape, and Bounce. Mm-hmm. I was going to come over because my pedigree was comedians and comedy, yeah. and I was going to run Laugh. Okay. So we had started a digital arm, and I was going to help do original programming there. Okay. So then I came over to Bounce, and I was director of programming. Okay. So, and then all the job title that I was doing, because we're very, we're small but mighty, mm-hmm. um, I was starting to do my job um, description now, and it just kind of happened. That's awesome, man. I'm yeah. really happy for you. It's good to see a, a, a woman in such a, a, dom- a male-dominated industry kind of excel. So that's, that's, that's awesome. So tell me, what is your role consistent as, you know, vice president of original programming? Congratulations on oh, that, by the way. Thanks. Um, so there's a lot of uh, job description and responsibilities. So my job is to, because there are a few people on the team, mm-hmm. is I find um, people will pitch me ideas. And then I sit down with my boss, um, who kind of tells us what we are looking for. Mm-hmm. And we figure out if it's on brand. And then once we found a show that we like, or we develop a show, I help oversee scripts, I give notes on the scripts, I help cast, I oversee um, the casting sessions with our casting director and with the director. I'm on set and I make sure that we stick true to brand, that there's no S&P, which means standards and practices, um, so we don't get in trouble with brands and mm. uh, commercials and advertisers. Mm. And then I help uh, oversee edits and final, um, having a hard time talking. It's all good. There's water right there. I was like, um, <laughs> cut, edit, and just, yeah, the final um, edit of the show, everything. So everything's soup to nuts. We work, we do a lot of jobs that traditional executives don't do. Mm-hmm. Usually executives will say, here's a note on a script, that's it. Here's the final episode, yes or no, done. But we do everything. Yeah, it seems like the only thing you don't do is probably own the building. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know what I like lot. it. I totally like it. You know, it's one of those things where it gives you an opportunity to know every side of the business. Hmm. Well, that's cool. Yeah. That's good to hear. 
So now, so how do you, so how do you find the the content yourself? Like, is there a team that seeks out the con the the content and bring it to you? Then you present it to your boss, so mm -hmm. people come to you directly. There's a number of ways. It's all. I mean, ninety percent of this business, which mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. is relationships. Right. Ten percent is talent. Yeah. So. Um, the people that we get in business with are very talented, but mm -hmm. um, people will bring ideas to to myself, to my my boss, to mm -hmm. other people at the company, mm -hmm. and then um, or we've actually even started developing internally, and I'll bring stuff to the network. Mm. So it's just kind of contingent upon what we need. Mm. Okay, what do what do you guys say you're in the need for now? Oh, we have some stuff that I can't talk about. Okay, it's Fight Club. Uh, we're pretty much good up until 2019, but the thing about Bounce is is it's programming where the content just happens to be African-American mm. because you know we ran the country for eight years mm -hmm. we're smart we're doctors we're lawyers we're executives mm. right. so the content is smart it's higher brow um, I love BET I love TV one mm -hmm. um, but our stuff is we're looking to expand in every facet whether it's feature films TV um, docu-series but I can't talk about what we're no that's fine that's fine you know you gave enough just with that answer yeah so you know and I see that you know with the programs that I've watched on bounce TV you know they're a lot, they're a lot family oriented mm -hmm. orientated as well as you know that primetime TV that gets you sit down and watching you know adult friendly as well yeah um, so with that being said how did you working with Bentley Kyle Evans come about oh well I was that uh, so Bentley who I love and adore mm hmm you know, family, uh, family time and in the cut were at the network when I came over. So mm -hmm. I was grandfathered into the situation. Mm -hmm. So the way that we work together is he, it's his show mm -hmm. and I'm network on set. Okay. So we were introduced and then I make sure the network gets what it wants, but still trying to keep to what his views and loves and what his show was authentically. Okay. So I'm just there as the bad guy. Right, right, right. <laughs> so yeah, to make sure that if there's something that um, our advertisers may not like or if there's something that might be an issue for an edit, um, I have to make sure that the network is protected and I'm there to kind of relay that. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. Well, that's, that's cool. Is there, is, can you talk about what it is that your network might not like your advertisers? Oh, it's not like. It's more like, let's say, if there are some language or words that are inappropriate. Because, you know, mm -hmm. for instance, it's family time. Right. We yeah. don't want to say shit or, uh, excuse me, yeah. or certain words too much. It's all good. Nobody's uh, watching this. We want to thank all of our fans. Um, no, it's making sure that, um, you know, it also stays true to bounce. Like, mm -hmm. for instance, a show that you would see on Comedy Central. Okay. Like if you saw South Park, which I love, mm -hmm. you wouldn't see South Park on CBS or ABC because it's more family friendly. Right. So it's sticking true to that brand. Got so it's it. not saying things are bad or not right. It's just making sure that we stay on, on path. Because once you start doing things for a while, mm -hmm. especially when you work in comedy, mm -hmm. nothing shocks you or offends you. So people can say things and we're like, oh my God, that's going to offend a lot of people. Right. Um, and we would say that jokingly on set, like in conversation, mm -hmm. but I have to make sure that we don't go too far off the track. And right. Bentley's already, and he's been doing this, what, 30 years? Yeah, so yeah. he's good with that already. So. Um, but I'm there sometimes to be the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, I remember one time we was on set, and then uh, a scene they just they just wrapped the scene, and then uh, everybody was like, "Yeah, yeah, we're happy, we're happy with it." And then you came walking behind Bentley, and he turned around and he was like, "Are you good?" And he was like, "Nope, nope, nope." And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> I see who wears the pants." No, you know, it's one of those things like he and I have such a good rapport that. I trust him implicitly, and, and when he knows when I step in, it's not because it's ego or I'm trying to get my say-so. It's because I'm just like, hey, 
I know we got X, but there might be an issue. So mm -hmm. in case there's a problem with edits, I just need an option. Yeah. So that was it. Yeah. And I'm a straight shooter. So. Yeah. No, that's good to have yeah. somebody like you on board. You know. Yeah, and I'm five foot two, so yeah. Bentley six foot seven. I have to be a little mouthy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Talk them down. Oh, so just to hear me. <laughs> so tell me, is 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 this your dream job? Yeah, I love my job. It's um, for me, I hate the word dream. Um, well, I mean, is it what you always no, wanted to do? No, I'll tell you, because dream to mm -hmm. me seems intangible. Mm -hmm. So people say, what are your dreams? I say, what are your goals? So yes, this is definitely a goal of mine. I remember when I took my job as a manager at my old company, mm -hmm. um, the owner of the company, who I'm still great friends with, said, do you really see yourself being a representative in five years? And I said, no, I'll probably have your job or I'll be running a network. And five years and a week to the day of saying that I had the job. So I think, yeah, yeah so I love it. I get to work in comedy and get to work with actors and writers and the whole bit. So yeah, I think, I think any job in this business is a dream job. If you can pay your rent mm -hmm. and do something in this business, you've already made it. Touche, touche. Just think about how many people would love just to get a meeting with somebody. Right. Or read this script or this, and they can't. Mm. So yeah. Well, that, well, that's awesome. That's awesome. But I mean, did you have any other uh, goals or dreams prior to? Yeah. Like what? So I, my sisters and I, mm -hmm. we moved to LA. We were in the music business. Really? Mm-hmm. So we were signed to Warner Chapel as writers, and we toured with like uh, Christina Milian, Hilary Duff, and wrote for a bunch of artists. And I thought I was going to be a pop star. Wow. Didn't work out. <laughs> um, yeah, but I was our manager on top of it. And then um, I thought I was going to be a celebrity, and then I realized what that entailed. Mm. And I got off on the business more than the actual performing. Mm -hmm. So, and nobody ever helped us. So I said, if I ever had an opportunity, I wanted to help people. Because okay. you know people in this town talk and they don't help out. Right, 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 all the time. So I became a manager and I thought I was going to be a manager for the rest of my life. Mm. So yeah. And I still, you know, work in that arena in some capacity. Okay. And um, the people that I work with, I'm very, I would crawl over glass for. Um, but yeah, I thought I was going to be a pop star. Wow. No, that's, uh, that's awesome that you mentioned that because I'm actually into music as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I do hip hop and, um, and Spanish dance music. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, at what point did you figure out that this isn't working for me. We were with on tour with an artist playing Madison Square Garden and I was bored. Wow. Here's the thing, if you're gonna do something, you have to be obsessed with it. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't make you happy anymore, I mean there's challenges, right, right, but right, of course. I just didn't want to do it anymore. And we had gotten a taste of it and I was like, yeah, I don't wanna, I don't wanna do it. Did, what, was it just like, did you just get tired of performing or the writing, like what exactly was it? I think for me, it's only my experience. Okay. I'm like comfortable. Um, I was dealing with a lot of A and R executives who mm -hmm. had never recorded an album, mm -hmm. never been an artist, and they were telling you how to look, dress, talk, speak, and what your vision would be. Mm. And I found the same thing in film and TV. So I was like, I need need to work with artists because I've been in their shoes. So when I'm giving opinion and feedback, it's coming from a place of experience. Right. I just don't want to do it. Like, I didn't want to care about what, how my hair looked, what, you know, how my pants fit. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like the, the labels or the people behind the artist kind of play the role of the puppeteer and then yeah. kind of barbie them up, so to speak. To yeah, and I mean, you are a good. product because you got to recoup money, but I feel like if you're really going to do it and be happy, you've got to be... In control. Yeah, and the business was shifting over to what it is now, and mm -hmm. I, I wasn't down with it. Well, that's understandable. I'm still a fan. I'm still a fan, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, honestly, man, with me, yo, it's... 
it's so hard to let go because that was my first love. I mean, you know, I'm doing a hosting a podcast now, you know, I'm acting and all that stuff, but music was always my first love. And it's just hard to let it go, but it seems so close yet so difficult to get to my ultimate goals because the, for me, the goal is, you know, to have the success after, mm-hmm. you know, which was, you know, the house, the cars, the, the, the security, the longevity in it you know just from the creation that came from my heart you know and it's like but it's not about the the materialistic stuff if you're really into it mm-hmm. all that stuff is just icing on the cake well well yeah well, yeah well that's what i mean the security behind to me all that is security it can be materialistic to other people but to me it's security like having a house having a car having a stable foundation to take care of your family and a mm-hmm. company to where potentially your kids can carry on that legacy that may seem like materialistic things to other people to me Got that's it the foundation that I want to build my um, lane to get there is like so many different lanes but music was always my first choice but it's like you know I think about the new age of musicians that's coming out they're very young you know I'm 32 years old so it's like yeah I know and and I'm still looking good out here in these streets but you know (laughs) you know but it's like you know I don't sometimes I think like damn am I I too old to do that you know, sometimes that can discourage me to just want to focus on the business side of things or stick to writing, you know, but I still push it as an artist because, you know, that's just what's in my heart. Two examples. Morgan mm-hmm. Freeman's first big movie was when he was 52 years old. Janet Jackson's six years old, still shaking her thing. You're fine. Well, and that being said, okay, I guess I'm good. Because <laughs> I'm a firm believer in whatever you want to do, mm-hmm. do it. Right. Don't worry about what people think. If you're too old, too young, too skinny, too fat, if you're not on par, if you're not on brand do it it's the field of dreams format if you build it people will come right right yeah no no, no I'm definitely I was like I'm a five foot two ethnically diverse woman with no college degree mm-hmm. I, was, I was in the music business who would think that I would be doing what I'm doing now hmm do it and do it with no fear yeah no no, no I definitely trust me I'm, I'm all about having no fear and chasing dreams it was just you know being where I came from you know not, Bronx uh, no, no I'm from the Bronx originally but before this I, I was in Tampa Florida for like 12 years I was born in Tampa really mm-hmm. where Hunter's Green Bruce B. Downs Bruce B. Downs mm-hmm. oh my god that place is so ghetto yeah <laughs> I was like Bruce B. Downs Hunter's Green that was where uh, Pete Sampras and everyone looked back in the day okay well, maybe just on that corner uh, but I don't know <laughs> but, like uh, I mean, but for me, I was on Hillsborough County, A13, uh, town and country. They call it town and country. I know exactly where you were. Okay, uh-huh. so yeah, I'm Shel- right on Sheldon Road and Waters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you Where'd you go to school? I went to Brewster um, Technical Institute. I went to night school when I arrived to Tampa, Florida. Got it. To get my GED. I wasn't. I wasn't a fan of school. I just wanted to work, make money, and Got that's it. what I started doing. But yeah, but uh, you know that that environment, it's like it's not like a LA where dreams can actually become careers. But you do have a lot of dreamers, but it's more on the local scene. Mm-hmm. So when somebody has those big, big dreams, it's like becomes a crab in a bucket town. You know, nobody really like believes in it or you know supports it till it pops off. So I felt like I had to change my environment, which is why I came here because I felt like my dreams were so. When did you come here? It's uh, two years in September. Yeah, I disagree with you on that. Why? Internet. People are in, are famous all over the world in middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. You don't need LA and New York and Atlanta anymore. Mm-hmm. You need to go if you're going to do big productions. But if you're going to build your brand and send out music, podcasts, videos, web series, you can do it anywhere. I mean, I, I hear you on that part, but I felt like it would be more effective. Well, one, I definitely want to do some big production. Yeah. And two, I felt like it would be more effective for my presence to be felt if I can interact oh, with Oh, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. But it's like people don't take it seriously anymore. 
they take it seriously. There are so many people that we're finding mm-hmm. that are like in Nebraska or in uh, Portland, mm-hmm. all from like their basements. Yeah, I've I seen that as well. I mean, I guess I just needed a change, honestly, because it was like just the environment was making me discouraged. Yeah, I get and, it. And I felt like if I didn't leave there, I would be stuck doing sales. Because I was doing sales for 10 years, you know okay. what I'm saying? And the money was great. So that automatically... You were miserable. Yeah, but it, and it made my dreams part-time. Which it was right. like, damn, like I'm making all this money, but I'm not happy. Right. But I'm good at what I do. And it's like, and it's changing my life. Like I'm buying a car, you know, me and my girl got a crib and I'm fly, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, this is not what I want to do, you mm. know? So I had to get out of there and that's why I'm here. Got it. You know? All but, right. But I appreciate your, you know, your input on that, you know, definitely gave me a different outlook on things. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, I'm still going to keep going no matter what, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So now I see your, you know, your title as a uh, producer mm-hmm. on IMDb. So tell me, a lot of people that I've met, met call themselves producers, and they do several different things. Right. So, what roles does someone have to play to be categorized as a producer? Well, when you say they do several different things, that is what a producer does. They're doing, they're wearing twenty hats. Okay. So a producer, there's a number of different things they can do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like if you see like a J.J. Abrams with an executive producer credit, mm-hmm. sometimes you know there are shows that he was intimately involved with, down from development to script to pitching it, setting it up, mm-hmm. or he just attaches his name to it. Mm-hmm. Those are called non-participating producers. Right. So just a producer in general is somebody that can connect the dots and put people together. Mm. So like they can find a script, they can oh. find a great director, they can find a great, maybe a person that adapts the script to a teleplay or for a movie, and they can help put casting together and putting everyone together to then either A, take it out and pitch, mm-hmm. or B, actually make. Okay. So an executive producer is usually the person with the money. Mm. So if someone's got an EP, it's usually money, um, or somebody that created it. But anybody can be a producer, but it's actually putting things into motion. Because okay. you know, I'm a producer, I'm like, sure you are. Yeah. <laughs> sure you are. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, so it's just, it's putting people together and then actually making it to come, uh, making it come to fruition. Got it. So, I, um, so based on that description, what roles have you played in all that? Um, oh God, I've put a ton of people together. Um, you know, when I was a manager, I would take a client, I would put them with a, uh, with a pod. Mm-hmm. You know what a pod is? No. It's a production company. Okay. So examples of those are like Happy Madison, mm-hmm. um, Churnin, you know, any of those big production companies, Bad Robot. Mm-hmm. And then I would pitch the idea, we would develop it, put it at a studio, and I would help the pitch, the script, put casting and a showrunner with it, and then take it out to network. Okay. So I get very intimately involved. I see. So um, even when it comes down to optioning a book. Mm-hmm. So I've optioned a book, developed it into a script, pitched it to a show. Um, but yeah, it's just getting ideas that I'm excited about and making them happen. They don't always happen, but the worst thing someone's gonna say is no. Right, it takes a thousand no's to get to one yes, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, but if you say no, great, next, that person. Right, yeah, it's just about keeping that momentum, keep going yeah. and believing in what you sell. And it's also, you have to know what's going on in the marketplace. Mm. So you have to read deadline, you have to read all the trades, you have to know who's hot as far as casting. Mm-hmm. Um, and you should also know writers, producers, and new talent that are coming up before they pop. Okay. And, um, and you find that mostly through social media? Mm-mm. Hmm. Relationships. I'm still friends with all the managers, agents, showrunners, uh, producers that I've always worked with. Mm-hmm. Make friends with everyone, not because you want anything. Like, my, 
old background dancers. One is now one of the heads over at the Writers Guild. Okay. I have another one at Disney. Mm-hmm. I have another person that's a huge publicist. Mm-hmm. Um, two are lawyers. One's head of business affairs for a very large network. We started out in music together. And we just give each other information. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. Like I knew about Tiffany Haddish two years ago. I knew about Easter Ray three years ago. So I was talking about them at Bounce actually before they, they popped. Yeah. So it's just having your fingertip on the pulse of what's about to happen. And that comes with taste because you know what's funny or what's good by reading a ton of scripts, mm-hmm. going to a ton of shows, right. and then building relationships. Hmm. Okay. Because your idea, no matter what you pitch, has been pitched a million times. No idea is original. What's original about it is why your point of view is different. That makes sense. Yeah, I've been hearing that. The first part, you know, about no idea is oh, yeah. original. No, nothing under the sun is original, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like wow. In the Cut, that mm-hmm. show, that idea has been pitched a million times. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've seen stuff similar, you know, yeah. like with but the barbershops. Yeah, even if it hasn't come into an actual thing, people pitch it all the time. Hmm. Wow. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So tell me, um, how effective is social media in your business? It's super effective. Tell me more. I hate it because, you know, especially when you're dealing with actors um, and on-camera talent mm-hmm. who I have such a respect for, mm-hmm. social media plays into it now. There are 384 shows in production year-round, whether it's development, production, pilot, etc. You're in a very competitive market, right. so people need to generate eyeballs. Mm-hmm. So if we happen to find someone that's got a built-in audience on Instagram, Twitter, mm-hmm. we're going to cast that person against the person that might be a little bit better. Right. But plus, social media is just a way to have instant access and know what people are wanting. And exactly. it's, it's like being a, an actor on stage or stand-up. You get instant feedback. Mm. And I love social media. Yeah, yeah, I'm an yeah, Instagram yeah. fan. Yeah, I can't lie. I'm a little addicted myself. <laughs> I, can't, my, my, I think I'm getting arthritis over here. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to be like, like, yeah. It'd be weird if I pop your head. Hi. I know, yeah. right? Like, oh, what the? Yeah, it's very, very um, important. Yeah, yeah. No, That's I, the future. Yeah, and yeah. streaming. Yeah, I'm starting to see that now. I mean, we're streaming, yeah, also, because, you know, when I distribute my music, that's all you get your royalties through nowadays. Is no, but that. I mean, even just TV shows. Oh, Traditional yeah. TV is going to go away. You watch your stuff on Netflix, your computer, and your phone, right? Right. No one's going to go home and watch TV like they used to anymore. Yeah, no, I know, I know. Do you think that would make TVs itself obsolete, or they'll make, you know, no. streaming on actual TV sets available only? No, I think it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be a long time before traditional TV goes away. Mm-hmm. But I think what's going to be interesting is like shows like that are on HBO or Showtime, mm-hmm. they're not getting canceled, right? Because it's subscription based. Right. So if you don't like Game of Thrones, you're not going to cancel HBO, right? Right. <laughs> if you're watching like CBS or ABC, they still have to justify their advertisers. Mm-hmm. So I think with things that are subscription based, I think that's what's going to be happening. Like CBS and ABC are going to start doing stuff online. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. I think you're right. I mean, I think that's, they have to, you yeah. know, because, I mean, but they got stuff online, but predominantly the show, what I don't see is like the live TV stuff. Yeah, no one does it anymore. Yeah, so, yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, the talk shows, yeah, but, you know, they already jumped on the streaming bandwagon, mm-hmm. so they're there also. Yeah, if you also hear when they're saying, like, thank you for watching, you can watch more at online. Yeah, that's where the streaming money comes in. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's all, all, all the money. Right. So tell me, if there was a show that you could, that you wish you could have been a part of in any way, what show would that be and why? Oh God, there's a few. Take your time. Don't worry, you got all day. Uh, 
I'm trying to think. Mm. Well, you know, Game of Thrones is one of my favorite shows. Me too. But I read the books years ago. I'm mad that they're not coming out with one until like 2019 or something like that. Yeah, uh, I do know what show. Okay. Comes out on uh, Amazon season two, Handmaiden Tale. Handmaiden Tale? You never seen it? Never heard of it. Okay, it was produced by Warren Littlefield. Do you know who that is? No. Warren Littlefield ran NBC during the must-see TV days. He's mm. the one that bought uh, Cheers, Friends, ER, Will and Grace. Like, he's the, the staple. Okay. He has a book called Top of the Rock you should read. Um, he produces Fargo. Okay. And this show. Okay. If you haven't seen it, it's the best show I've seen in 10 years. Wow. I'm, I'm definitely going to check that out. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Handmaid's Tale or Game of Thrones hands down. Mm. I also like Jesus and Mero, too. Jesus and Mero, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I like them, too, man. They, they're, they're pretty, uh, you know, important in the uh, podcast game right now. I just like famous. that. I like their authenticity. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I like, I like, you got to watch Drink Champs, man. I love Drink Champs. Okay, it's with Noriega. And, um, yeah, they definitely it, it got a bunch of bottles. They get, like, uh, they focus more on legends in the industry, you know, okay. predominantly music, but they take actors and NBA players. They just drink and shoot the shit and just go on for, like, an hour or two. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's pretty entertaining, man. It's Noriega and uh, DJ EFN nice. that are part of it, so it's pretty cool. So now, <clears throat> did you find it difficult to excel in uh, such a male-dominated industry? I found challenges, for sure. Okay. Um, but, you know, I grew mm. up with, my dad was very, um, in the best way possible, strict. Mm. And he never treated us like girl, boy. It was just like, do a, the job the best you possibly could. Right. So in any situation where I did feel like there was some pushback, mm. because I was female, and also short in stature, and mouthy, mm-hmm. um, I had enough sweat equity put into the project plus the information in advance. Mm. And it was done to such a degree that they couldn't argue with me. Um, so I've actually been very lucky that people always see me as kind of like an androgynous human. Yeah, <laughs> They're yeah, like, yeah. she's one of the boys. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've, definitely there's been some hurdles, but mm. um, I found that the proof is always in the pudding. Okay, okay. Can you describe some of those obstacles? Mm. I'd rather not actually talk on camera about it. Hey, no, that's fine, that's fine. Yeah. Know? I mean, I, I understand. So, um, how do you manage, since it sounds like you're a workaholic, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, I have a problem. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, the minutes. first step is admitting it that you're wrong. Yeah, we'll like, go to a meeting later. Yeah, it's like superwoman over here. Now, so how do you manage, you know, your work life and your personal life? Like, how do you balance? I don't. Oh, right. No, um, all kidding aside, uh, it used to be a problem. I'm getting better at it. Mm. So what I do is I make a list of, I, every morning I make a, t- a list of 10 things I'm grateful for. And then when I go to bed, I make a list of 10 things I'm grateful for. And then I make sure that... Every day. Every day. Every day, every night. Hmm. Yeah. Gives That's you perspective. Cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I surround myself with people that are like-minded. So we do talk about work, mm-hmm. but um, even my significant other, he's very passionate about his work and his field. Mm-hmm. So we balance it and then we're like, okay, stop. But yeah. it's hard. It's not easy. I could imagine, man. I mean, you know, I mean, my girl, like, she's in the medical field, but we definitely try to make time for each other as much as possible, you know, because she knows my dreams are so big that I constantly have to keep working. But we make time to travel and, you know, yeah. go on dates. You know, we got yeah. the movie pass, so we pay oh, yeah. $10 a month for a movie. So we see 13 movies a month. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Yeah. So. No, it's a, it also surround yourself with people that you can kind of come up with. Mm-hmm. You remind each other where you come from. And then you also tell each other to stop. Like breathe. Yeah. Yeah. Because hmm. we all, there's a, I have a few friends. We started out waiting tables together, and now we've all 
we've done relatively well. Mm -hmm. So it's just telling people like, you know, let's talk about this, let's not talk about that. But yeah, now now I'm starting to balance, but it's, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't work on Sundays, that's the start. Okay, well, yeah, that's good. Sundays are, it's non-negotiable. See, with me, I, I at least got to get a nine to one in on Sunday, and then, all right, we got the rest of the day. So it's, the one, it's the one day that I'll, I'll hang out with, with my guy, and he's like, no work. I'm like, great. Gotcha, gotcha. So, so, so you guys do to unwind, like, do you guys like to travel or anything like that? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm a travelaholic. Um, and then once a year, I take a crazy girls trip somewhere where we've never been. Mm -hmm. Like, last year, we went to Finland and stayed in the igloos. Oh, wow. And did, like, reindeer sleigh rides. Was it really cold? Like, it yeah, was... it was two degrees. But I like I like the cold though. Yeah, I don't do well in the heat. I'm the complete opposite. And I'm from New York, but once I got to Florida, it was like I'm never going back. Yeah, I guess uh, I don't. I like the cold. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, maybe more because of a fashion thing for me, because you get to wear all those layers. You know, oh yeah, I like them better in the. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I look better in the winter. <laughs> I look yeah, better summer. It's like mm, not so much. Yeah, um, so I don't really sweat that easy. So like I get overheated. It gets hot. Yeah. I'm tired. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No. But, you know, we travel. Um, we're also both, like, super nerds. We love Star Wars. Yeah. You want to see Solo on Friday? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We just saw Deadpool the night it came out. Yeah, me too. Loved it. Me too. Um, the end scene with the, uh, not to have any spoiler alerts, but with uh, Green Lantern after the credits. I didn't see that part. Oh, I got shit. up and left. That's all. That's, you missed all the best part of the movie. You should have seen after the credits. Go back and see it. Oh, my God. Well, Deadpool plug. Yes. It's the best part of the movie. I didn't even I didn't even know that. That's why you stay after credits for Deadpool. Yeah, Any of the Marvel or DC stuff you stay after. Oh, Johnny. Oh, man, I gotta tell my girl like, yo, what? What were we thinking? Movie pass. Just know, go back to the end. You know what? It, I, we were in a, we were in a rush because um we we had to get home to the dog. He was all barking and stuff, and oh, we already, we already got a complaint about it. So once we we got this uh, camera in the house where we look at the dog, and as soon as we clicked on it, the whole theater. Heard, <laughs> Oh, so okay. like, oh yeah, we gotta go. Got we it. gotta go. <laughs> yeah, well, we get kicked awesome. out of yeah. here. Movies, cigars, and geeking stuff. That's what we do. Speaking of cigars, what's your favorite cigar? Uh, triple Camacho Maduro or mm. a La Gloria Cubana um, Series R Maduro. Yeah. Yep. How many cigars have you ran through to find that one to be your <laughs> be your favorite? Because that's a very detailed name. I thought you were gonna say like you know Monte Cristo or Dutch Master. No, I mean <laughs> I can give you brands like you know Partagas, Camacho, Tatawais, but um, I started smoking at eighteen. Okay. I didn't start drinking until I was twenty-seven. Okay. Never done a drug in my life, so it's always Good been job. cigars. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Can't say the same. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a bag of Skittles. What are those pills? Um, <laughs> no, it was one of those things where I, I have a very addictive personality. Mm. And I just started doing it. But I, the first cigar I ever smoked was a Maduro. And when someone gave me a non-Maduro, I'm like, this is too weak. So I probably run through maybe 30 or 40 brands. Nice. <laughs> I smoke every day. Oh, hey. I have know, a cigar in my purse. Hey, everybody has their vice. You know, that's yeah. cool. That's cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I was I, I didn't get big into cigars till about I want to say three years ago, but it was always what do you smoke? socially. I like I like whatever to be honest with you. If you have a Swisher Sweet in your house, I'll kill you. No, no, no. That's that's that was back when I used to smoke weed. Okay. <laughs> when I used to buy. But you don't have bags. like one that someone gives. A oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, those wow. back back in those wow. days. <laughs> but no one's like giving you like you don't have a brand that you're like if I'm gonna buy you a cigar, what is that one that you like? I mean a Cohiba. But why? Because it's Cuban. Yeah. Cubans aren't the best cigar. I, I don't know that because I'm not a professional smoker. You know okay. what I'm saying? He's going to get educated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you like stronger cigars? Y y strong, yes. 
Um, but but it, I like it. I like the, the how can I say like the not not too harsh with the taste. Then you'll like Nicaraguan cigars. Okay, Nicaraguan. Yeah. That's good. That's good to know. Yeah. Okay. Is I'll there any specific them. name that you know? Um, I like the uh, Flor de Olivas. It's a red, white, and blue label. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also uh, one called a Nub, and it's a short cigar. Okay. But the whiter the ash and the more even the burn, mm-hmm. the better the cigar. It takes forever for it to go away. But the reason it's so good is the closer you get to the end, you know how strong it gets. Mm-hmm. It starts out strong. Okay. But it's not too robust. You like it. She has this thing down to a science, man. Yeah. That's My crazy. favorite is going to cigar shops because I walk in and they're like, hey, is that for your boyfriend or your dad? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and then I turn into like Marissa Tomei from my cousin Vinny. I'm yeah. like, Brr. like, all right. So yeah, it's been actually it's been really helpful with work. Yeah. I've made so many um, relationships through cigars. Yeah, I see I see that. You know, a lot of people in the industry they just smoke cigars, you know. It's, I don't know. I used to smoke cigarettes a lot. I kinda Oof. do now then. I, I, sometimes it's just you know what it is sometimes when I uh, when I drink, you know, it kinda just go hand in hand with me. It's just I don't know, that's something about that menthol hit. So <sighs> I've never I tried a cigarette once when I was sixteen years old, did not take. Mm. Should have tried Newport. <laughs> wow, you went straight, straight to the end. Give me that or a Marlboro Red. Ugh. Odd. No, just um, just cigars. Yep, and then maybe a tequila here and there. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah, I'm a brown drinker myself. Hennessy all day. Of course but, you are. <laughs> but yeah, so um, but now we talked about music briefly. Tell me, um, what kind of music do you like? I was always raised on pop music. Okay. Like growing up, it was you know Whitney Houston mm-hmm. and the whole bit. But my favorite. Of all time, Michael Jackson, Janet Jackson, and the Beatles. Those are good choices. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was named after the Abbey Road. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Huh. Massive Beatles fan, but my, Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson are like gods to me. Yeah. That's the whole reason I started singing and dancing. Do you think Michael Jackson's better than Prince? I don't think you can compare the two. That was the answer I, I was looking for. You, you know, can't you compare can't. the two. It's like, oh, God, they're like both gods to me. Who would you rather listen to? Michael Jackson. Me too. Me too. Me too. But yeah, but I love Prince though. I saw him, he showed up one night at Green Door, mm-hmm. unannounced at 2 a.m. There mm-hmm. were only 15 people in the bar and he did a set with his whole group. Wow. I know you were like a kid. I lost my mind. <laughs> and I may have cried. I may have may have cried. Um, and I usually don't cry. It was amazing. Yeah. That's dope as hell, yeah. man. I would have loved to see him. Him, I would have loved to see before he passed. Michael Jackson, of course. And um, Janet Jackson's the shit. I haven't seen Janet before. I love her music, but I know every dance. Yeah, I know every dance. <laughs> Literally, that was the last day I expected you to oh, sing. Yeah. I was I was started off as a professional dancer before I was a singer. Yeah, so I literally can do anything. You pop on if they'll be like, mm, 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 oh my yeah. god, <laughs> I'm the whole thing. Miss you much? I'm like, okay, got it. I can't yeah. lie. There was a point in my life where I uh, rehearsed the the beat of dance in my room. I can't lie, you know. But hey, that's my hey, Mike. That's Mike. You know what I'm saying? Get like a piece of linoleum on the floor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know that. All that. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, I got a little nerd in me. You know. Who's your Who's your favorite uh, artist of all time? Jay Z. All right, I back that. You know, Jay Z. I, I just I just love because you know what it is. I I seen him in his beginning and to see where he's gone and as I grew also it's just like wow, like that's that's amazing, you know. But of course, that's just in rap, you know. Right. When it comes to music, um, I have to give it to Michael, man. Michael Jackson. Yeah. Like you said, the Beatles. You know, I def I like Queen. Queen. Oh, Freddie Mercury. Yeah. 
They actually got a movie coming out. I know it's them. the lead from. Uh, you haven't seen the trailer yet? Yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, yeah the guy it. from I, uh, Mr. Robot. Yeah, he looks just like him. I know. The show must go on. That song, that one lick he does after the first chorus. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. yeah, amazing singer. Yeah, I love I love them. So you know, I mean, but I um, one thing um, when I was growing up, my mother she would always. Uh, Play different kinds of music while cleaning the house. Right. So she would expose me to like merengue, salsa, country music, you okay. know, classic rock. She was a diehard Bon Jovi fan. Okay. You know, so I know all his songs, you know what I'm saying? We go see him every time he comes into town, I take out. So yeah, that's how I got to be musically inclined, so to speak. You know how to salsa dance? Yeah. Yeah, I know how to salsa dance. All right. you know, salsa Do you like Playero? Who's that? You know the group Playero? No. Maybe uh, if I, you know what it is, uh, I, I'm, I'm more about songs. I like the songs. So they were, they came up around the same time as Daddy Yankee okay. from Puerto Rico. You mm-hmm. should look them up. Okay. They're writing your wheelhouse. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. You like them? I'll check them out. Check them out. I like the, I like the old school stuff though. I like the, um, Mark Anthony. Uh, what's this other guy name? Um, to, not uh, Julio Iglesias. Uh, uh, not, not Julio Iglesias. Something Rivera. Jerry Rivera. Wow, you do like old school. Yeah, I mean, cause it's just I don't know. Uh-huh. I just love it. Selena. So, Anything for Selena. Selena. There it is. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> Wait for it. Yeah, you know, I like all that stuff, man. But I like some of the newer stuff too, you know. But it's typically the newer stuff from the older guys, right? That I like. Got you it. Know? So, the so you have a refined palette for music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, I got the music notes on my neck. I'm gonna die with this. Eh? I love that I said refined palette. You're like tat. <laughs> Put the pinky out. Tat. How you many know? tattoos do you have? Total of five. I have one right. right here. Wait, one right here, 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 one right here. Got it. And what are they? This is my company logo, Stop the Bank ENT. It's pretty much a stop sign with three dice on top, and it says Stop the Bank, uh, four, five, and six number of the dice. Mm-hmm. Um, here is a rose made out of money, and it has a banner that goes across that says Me Amor. Mm-hmm. Here is it's a, it's a woman. Uh, she's she's on the cross, mm-hmm. and that's my uh, God's gift to man. You know, that's what that's what it, that's what it meant to me when I got, got it. it. It was my first mistake, and because uh, <laughs> she happens to be naked, but um, got it. Yeah. This says, um, I shall fear no man but God, and this says, I shall trust no one but me, and then it has my mother's initials and my sister's initials. Fair enough, all right. Yeah. And what about yourself? I got two. Where? This one was, haha, it was a ladybug when my mom passed away, but I'm getting it covered up, so I'm not going to show you the one. And then when my sisters and I got our deal, Mm -hmm. we got triplet notes in our lower back. Oh, wow. If I could get rid of it, I would. (laughs) But yeah, just two. Nah, that's cool, that's cool. So last question, tell me, is there any advice you can give to someone coming to LA trying to change this dream? Whether it's to be a producer, writer, actor, musician, just coming here. Yes. So, and this goes across the board, not just for actors or writers. Mm -hmm. There are so many deciding factors when it comes to green lighting or casting someone. Mm -hmm. Being on both sides of the table now, it'll come down to, like I've seen so many people leave because they didn't think they were talented enough. Mm -hmm. Like maybe you were an inch too short or mm-hmm. you're not on trend. If you stay here long enough and you don't just blame your representatives and you're also doing the sweat work out, like working on your craft every day, mm-hmm. whether you're reading scripts, you're learning how to memorize lines or you're writing or you're networking, do that, but make friends. Don't do it just to get something and literally don't have a backup plan. Because there's JK Simmons who mm-hmm. won his Oscar. He's been in the business for like 40 years. Mm-hmm. He just got his first Oscar. He's been working forever, but 
all the people that you start out with will eventually get their chance and you'll all help each other. Mm. But don't give up. Right. People, that's the problem is I always say it's chasing the dream, living the nightmare sometimes. Yeah. But um or it's try, like trying to cook a steak by breathing on it. <laughs> but once it's done cooking it's gonna taste amazing. Right, right. But you know, if anybody had told me to leave, I would have left ten years ago. Yeah, definitely can't think about the negative comments because they're gonna come. Yeah. You know, so. But just and also try not to listen to the outside noise. Hmm. If you if you keep doing what you're doing and you believe it, keep doing it. Well, you heard it here first, you know, from Abby McDonald. She's a beast in the industry. I was like, nah. <laughs> Where can the people follow you? Or you know, possibly send you some uh, content ideas. Um. Yeah, they can follow me on Instagram, which mm-hmm. is at Abby, A-B-B-E-Y, Max, M-A-C-S-10. Um, as far as submissions, they'll have to come through on email, Okay. Um, which they can send me a direct message on Instagram, and then I can send my email there. But no phone calls. No phone calls. <laughs> I was like, please, no phone please, calls. Please. I was like, my phone hates me right now. So, <laughs> yeah, we're not looking for, we're always lo- looking for things, and if something is super great, you know, we're always open to discussing it. Good deal, good deal. Well, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Sleep is for Billionaires, the podcast. This is episode seven. Oh, lucky number seven. Exactly. There she is. Oh, man. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. Yes, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming, man. You don't understand how much this means to me. So, Of course. Make sure you guys keep supporting the movement. Let's get those subscribers up on YouTube. Thank you for watching. Have a good day. And watch Deadpool 2 at the end now. Bye. Yes, please do. Obviously, I missed something. Now I gotta go back. <laughs> For $10 a month. That's what they got. I wanna be a billionaire. I ain't getting no sleep. Till I see a milli every week. I wanna be a billionaire. I ain't getting no sleep. Till I see a billy every week. I wanna be a billionaire.